Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Welcome back, everybody, and happy Wednesday to you. I am really excited about today's guest. I actually um, did a podcast exchange with her because she has her own podcast called How Do You Want to Be Seen? And what she does is she takes businesses primarily in the Monadnock region in New Hampshire that she meets through networking. She's a phenomenal networker. And she interviews them on her podcast. Um, So our interview just went absolutely stunning. And we had already pre-decided to have have a podcast episode swap, which I love to do. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Always happy to swap a podcast for a podcast. And our conversation focused a lot. So Lisa Arnold is my guest. And she's a photographer in Keene. And I think the way that she approaches photography is really inspiring. So, and I want to encourage you to take the time during this podcast as you listen, as you hear the passion that she has for helping people to answer some of these questions, I just want you to, I just want to encourage you to take time to think about how you answer this question. Her question is, how do you want to be seen? Lisa got started as, and she gets into this in in when in our interview, um, but she started out shooting weddings, and she says she quickly fell out of love with the sameness of the, of the events that she was doing, but she fell in love with the personal connection of the portraits. She has a phenomenal story about a bride that really turned it around for her. So after 15 years of weddings, she then transitioned to portraits, and she was born and raised in New England, but she also has lived in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, Lord knows, I don't know why she came back, and also St. Louis, Missouri. Um, she has been in back in New Hampshire since 2016 and just moved out of her studio from Harris. She just moved her studio from Harrisville to Keene in September of last year. I love Lisa. I love the depth of conversation that she always offers to me. And that really truly does come out in the photography that she offers for her clients as well. So I encourage you again to take time and just really consider the question that she brings. How do you want to be seen? And we also get into how this global pandemic is affecting her business. As I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm um, just asking that question of my guests so that they have a place that they can share a little bit about how it's impacting them. As you can imagine, a photographer, it's having a huge impact on. So um, Lisa's going to talk a little bit about that as well and what she is doing to take care of herself and her business through it. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Emily. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Um, I would love to, just as a way to get started, for you to kind of tell us a little bit more about your photography business and how you got started doing what you do. I think like every other photographer in the world, (laughs) once my friends found out that I loved photography and I had a camera, then they asked me to photograph their wedding. And so I did that for years. Uh, I created a business out of it that was really pretty successful, 
we moved down to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and there people, they went there to get married. So there was a huge, huge market for wedding photography. So that is how I started the business of being a And what made you pivot from wedding photography? Oh, to the portraits? Um, you know, I liked, I really did like wedding photography. I didn't have those horrible experiences that a lot of photographers have. Uh, but I started to feel like they were all kind of the same. So we moved to St. Louis, Missouri for a few years, and I started immediately scoping out places to photograph people. And I recognized that there were some really noticeable landmarks and everybody used the same place. And I realized, so you could just take one person's head off and put it, I mean, they're all the same. All of the pictures are going to be the same. So weddings... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that would have saved me so much money if I could have just had some my photographer do that instead of me actually have to pose for the pictures. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been really nice. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There was just like, there was not a lot of creativity. It was, okay, cut the cake, toss the bouquet, all of this. And it isn't to say that wedding photography isn't great. It is. But I didn't feel the connection that allowed for creativity. And then I had this great experience with a bride. Um, we were living in St. Louis. She lived in Dallas and she was, we were all set. We were booked. And a few months before her wedding, she called crying. Now this woman is what I would consider to be Barbie beautiful. She's just beautiful, super sweet. And yet she was so emotional thinking that she wasn't going to look good in her wedding pictures. And I immediately recognized there are no women for whom this is not an issue. It's just awful. What we see are what we perceive to be flaws. So as my gift to her, I invited her to, the next time she was in St. Louis to just have a portrait session, just her and I. And it was amazing. It was really amazing. She brought her dress, but we also just, I just wrapped her up in a sheet and that became this session that I had. I had this white sheet session from there on. Um, and I saw her transform from feeling self-conscious and honestly bad about herself to standing at the end. She was standing in the middle of the street in her wedding dress by the end of the session, twirling around. <laughs> and I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to show women their beauty. And that is where... It, that's how it started. I've heard you tell this story before and I get the chills every single time because you're so true. It is something that all of us struggle with. We look in the mirror and we see flaws and, you know, areas of fat that we don't want to be on our bodies and all of the things that we can sit there and pick ourselves apart about. And I, I love, I mean, we'll get into this, but I know you ask your clients, how do you want to be seen? And so I'd love to know how you formulated that question and like how long it kind of took you to unlock that as your main messaging. Was it right after that session with her? No, actually it was more recent. At that time, I didn't have a studio. I would shoot on location. I was one of these photographers who would, who would not have a studio because I would be like, oh, I prefer natural light. I prefer. And the fact was I didn't really understand studio photography. So I just shot everywhere. But I came back to New Hampshire and I, I just forced myself, well, 
if if you're here, you're not going to have much shooting time <laughs> because it's freezing a lot. So I got myself a studio and I learned to do that. Um, the result of that was, it was just incredible. I would have these interactions and I would start saying things like, well, how do you want to be photographed? How do you want to be photographed? And I use that as kind of my tagline. And then I realized they have no idea. That's why they're hiring me. That's a, that's a really ridiculous question. So it morphed into, all right, how do you want to be seen? And the response was always, as you can imagine, they would go right to how they wanted to look in their picture. And it just doesn't have, it has nothing to do with that. That is the end result. So the end result is they should be seen as they are. Mm. So when I ask that question, how do you want to be seen? I'm saying, who are you? I love that. What's important to you? And then the big thing, because often I'll ask those questions and they look at me like a deer in headlights because they're like, uh, because we never think that. We never think about how we want to be seen as a person because we're trained so much to think about how we want to look. So the final question that sort of really gets them thinking is, how do those who love you most see you? And then hopefully they can make those connections as a fun or compassionate or creative or serious or any, any of those things through that combination, that conversation, through that conversation, I can create their portrait. I can create who they are. So that's how that started. I love that. And you're doing such wonderful things for these people, helping them to see each other or to see themselves in that way as well. You know, um, it's just a totally unique way to photograph. And, um, I'm a big fan. So who in this do you feel like your ideal client is and how did you figure that out? Or do you feel, go ahead, actually, I'll just let you answer the question. <laughs> I, I love to photograph people. I love to photograph women. Uh, as far as a demographic, if I can tell you about an experience I had this past summer, it, it can answer it. Um, so I just opened my new studio and the doors were open and this family walked by. It was a mother, father, and a grown daughter. And the mother, you could see immediately, she's probably my age. Um, you could see immediately, she was like, nope. She just kept right on going. <laughs> she didn't want anything to do with this. But the husband just inquired what it was about. And so I just told him, I love to show women their beauty. Well, he called his wife back and I asked her when was the last time she was photographed or how did she feel about being photographed? And she was just like, no, 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 no. And I totally relate to that. But she had her grown daughter there standing next to her. And I said, well, what about photos of you with your daughter? And Emily, she got emotional right there. I mean, I, don't, I didn't even know her name. Well, my client showed up, so she had to leave. And she came back later that afternoon and said, I haven't stopped crying since you asked me that question. And so she booked her session. <laughs> she came. She's from upstate New York. She isn't even from the area. And so... We got together, talked on the phone, and we, she booked her session and came back. And I quickly realized that's my demographic, yeah. is the woman who is kind of forgotten. You know, when you're 20 and beautiful and everything seems like it's kind of easier from the outside, it does anyway. It, it's easier to be photographed. But when you've spent your whole life being the giver and the caretaker, 
you just don't think that way anymore. You don't think of yourself as somebody who should be seen. And having that experience with this woman and her daughter was just so beautiful. It was so beautiful. So if I could, I would photograph every woman I ever see, but especially those who feel a bit lost in the world. What would you say, I mean, you know, say you were in a position where you were giving them kind of like your advice or your thoughts, and and I'm sure you do during your sessions, but what would you say to those women that feel that way right now while they're listening to this? That I get it. And I think that that's part of why it's such a powerful experience because they're being understood. We are, oh, go ahead. Um, it's, it's not coming through. Uh Oh, let me see. Is it on my, like, like I'm not coming through. Hold on a second. I wonder if my phone just, it's still, how about, Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. So it's probably, my phone just went to sleep. So I'll just make sure it doesn't go to sleep. Sorry about that. So where should I pick up? Um, so I, I didn't get anything after I answered the question (laughs) or after I asked. Okay. Um, I would, I would say that I understand that I understand the apprehension of being photographed, but these are, these are legacy photos. These are photographs that you can pass on to your children and their children, and they will show them who you are. And if you aren't interested in passing photographs on to children and their children, you should see, you haven't, like, you should see who you are. You should see your beauty. And I can, I can show them that in this session, it's not a lot of, it's just directing, you know, I just direct them and I, I try to bring out who they are through simple, really simple movements and expressions. And we just chat and we create these, these sessions. And I know that's kind of a vague answer to your question. And I understand why the question is important, but it's really just the process and it depends on the woman I'm working with. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, All right. Tell us what is something, tell us a mistake that you made when you first got started in, in, as a business owner. (laughs) I love it so much. I will do it for free. (laughs) And so I did. I was one of those people who I would, or it would be super, super cheap. Yeah. I would do these eight hour weddings for like $500 and it was crazy. It was crazy because that's not a business. That's, that's not even a hobby. It's just craziness. So that was the biggest thing is being able to ask for my value. It was really, really hard. And then once you do that, it's hard to re-educate people because then suddenly you're asking for money while you've trained them to just think that you're just doing it for fun. So that was a bad mistake. Yeah, I think it's really important to, I think on both sides of the coin, I think it's really important for us to be able to accept what we're worth. And I also, as a person that pays people for services, I think it's important to have that investment in what I'm getting. You know, if I get something for free, then I'm not going to value it in the same way as when I have to pay my hard blood, sweat and tears for it, you know? I do. I agree completely. And I think people like me, we do it. We do want to be generous. We want to give, but there's also this weird, it's kind of this martyrdom, you know, and then we end up just shooting ourselves in the foot. So we want people to come back and tell us, oh, we love the experience, but we also want their money, but we're afraid to ask for it. So it's really unfair the way I treated 
you know, I, I wanted people to pay me, but I wasn't willing to ask for the money. I wanted to take the easy way out. And that's just not a way to run a business. So let's talk about the um, situation at hand here. How has what is happening globally right now, I'm asking all of my um, podcast guests this, as we're going through this global pandemic and we're all kind of being forced to socially isolate or distance ourselves from one another, that has got to be affecting you as a photographer because you can't have people come in your studio. So what? how is it affecting you? That is true. Uh, it's a little bit discouraging, not just the, the lack of business, but the lack of creativity because that connection with my clients is huge. For instance, last night we had that beautiful snowfall and I just thought it, this would be perfect. There's nobody on the streets. I could do this night portrait in the snow. And it's just not reasonable. So I would say probably not being able to indulge my creativity the way I like mm. is it's a challenge. You know, I can still take pictures and that's fine, but it's nature photography is just not the same for me as being able to show people who they are. So that's a little disappointing. All right. So let's talk about this. So do you feel like there is another way that you can feed that part of yourself for now while you're being forced to pause a little bit from doing it how you normally would. Yes. So what I'm doing now is I'm spending time on my marketing material. Um, I'm not really marketing, so I'm not trying to get gift cards or any of that because honestly, I'm not spending money because I don't know how long this is going to last. And I realize that other people are in a similar position, many people. And so for me personally, I'm not asking them to book anything. But I am working on marketing and ideas that I have so that once this passes, I can just hit the ground running. And that is probably one of, I guess, my strengths is that I, I'm an idea person. So I have all of these ideas that I want to implement, but I can never put them on paper because I'm always so busy trying to work on these ideas. So I'm using the time now to just sort of work on the back end of it. Good. I love that. I'm, I'm hearing a wide variety of answers when I ask that question. So some people like you are finding themselves with more downtime and they're putting ideas into place and, and, or coming up with the structure behind those ideas. And then other people are, you know, they're used to working from home or they're picking up in their virtual world even more. So they're kind of feeling like this, like, okay, now what does like a more frenzied pace feel like for me? So it's, it's, been a dichotomy, I think, of answers. And I, I'm really interested in how everybody is pivoting and how everyone's being creative through this. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yes. And I think it's an important question for us because otherwise we can just sort of get stuck in the mire and then that creates fear and anxiety and none of us do well there. So it yeah. literally, you know, fear and anxiety shut down the creative parts of our brain. So for you and I, people who thrive on being creative. Um, that just like, I don't know about you, but last week, this has now been two weeks in, but last week my brain was just like a complete muck. Like I couldn't, I couldn't pull up something inspiring to say if you had, well, I don't, I don't really know, tortured me. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, it was not even functioning, you know? And so finally, I think once some of that anxiety and fear, um, once I let a little bit of it go, not because anything changed, the situation didn't change, nothing got better. If anything, it got, you know, more scary, but 
just sitting with, okay, there's, there's, this is what I can do. This is what I can control. I can control my responses. Exactly. And honestly, I think if a person is overwhelmed, I don't think we need to indulge it, but I don't think necessarily we need to ignore it either. I mean, if you need time and well, we have time. <laughs> so if you need to take time, take time because I don't think we're going to be able to fake our way out of this. So you mentioned that when you, when, when all these situations are not in place, you are usually just go, go, go and busy, busy, busy. So how do you keep yourself from feeling overwhelmed? And also I'm, I'm curious how you organize your time. So do you just kind of put everything in the calendar and then head out of the gate? like hot in, in at the beginning of the week? Or how do you plan those? That's a good question. I wish I had a really good answer. Um, I'm not really great with work organization. I, I spend a lot of time networking. I think that networking has been a big, a really big boost in my business. Um, I don't have a great answer for that. Yeah. I just, I just keep going. I don't stop a lot. <laughs> So I'm not a good example. No, that's a great answer. That's how you deal with overwhelm. Some people hide in a hole and cry and then get, you know, just get through it. I bear, bury my head down and just plow right ahead. So it's it's a different answer yes. for everybody. Um, yes, that's me. All right. So I would love for you to tell us how we can connect with you and find you because when this lifts, I think there are a lot of women that are going to want to feel better about themselves and be seen the way that they want to be seen. So can you tell us how we can connect with you, um, let's say virtually for now? Yes. So everything, my website, Instagram, Facebook is all the same, lisaarnoldphotography.com or the differences with Instagram, it is lisa.arnold.photography. There's another one of me out there that's not me. So it would bring you to somebody else. So it's lisa.arnold.photography for Instagram. And that's it. You know, I try to keep up. I'm doing a little bit better keeping up with that. Um, and my studio is, I opened it in part because I wanted it to be what I considered to be a collaboration of beauty. So if there are people who who you know what I want to do is I want to use it as a space for people to come together and to celebrate beauty, whether it is nutrition or physical beauty or arts, whatever it is, that's what I want my studio to be. So whether they want a portrait session, a headshot, or just want to collaborate with other creatives, then please reach out to me. Yeah, I love that you do that, Lisa. That's so awesome. And you are, I, I meant to say this when you said you spend a lot of your time networking, you are like, I see you at all the networking things out in Keene. So you're very, very good at it. Thank you. And you know, it's not a strength of mine. Um, I was really hesitant. So that is one thing I would say, if you were building a business and you think networking is not for you, rethink mm -hmm. that, really. Um, I told myself all of the reasons it would not work. But it, it just has. It's been very, very successful for me. And it forces me to do things that are uncomfortable. So with that comes growth. Yep, they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I could not agree more. As cliche yes. as it is. <laughs> it's true though, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being so open and honest and just really inspiring with what you're doing. I, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to bring that to life in a woman. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate this.
To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.